Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Insulate Beyond the Bolus podcast recorded at the 82nd Scientific Sessions at the American Diabetes Association in New Orleans. In this second part of interviews recorded at the ADA, Dina Gonnersman and Nancy Hanna discuss topics with various experts, including the accessibility of new diabetes treatment technology with Dr. Asamna Handy, helping patients achieve their diabetes goals with individualized care with Jeremy Bollier, glucose testing practices with clinical professor in medicine, Dr. Edward Chow, and hear from the outstanding physician and diabetes award winner, Dr. Janet McGill. Thank you for listening and enjoy this episode of the Insulate Beyond the Bolus podcast. We are being joined today for a short time by Dr. Osama Hamdi from the Jocelyn Diabetes Center. What an honor. I'm one of your hugest fans, and of course, we're both from Egypt originally, so that makes it very easy to be a huge fan of yours. Welcome. Marhaba. Ahlan. 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 Oh, Dina, look at you and your Arabic. I love it. So I know that a lot of our listeners know who you are, but if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of a snippet of who you are and what you do, that would be excellent. Uh, first of all, I don't give talks, but for you, Nancy, we will definitely do. Thank you so much. Um, so I had been in diabetes practice for almost 40 years, and for the last 25 years with Joslin Diabetes Center. And uh, I started my career actually always insulin pump back when the insulin pump was that big device and with a plunger and syringe and all this kind of stuff. And I get my training on insulin pump at that time in Germany. And then in my life, I started three insulin pump programs. That was before even many states know about insulin pump. And the first insulin pump program in the U.S. was in Missouri, University of Missouri. Mm -hmm. Which is where you were, is that right? At the beginning, yes. At the beginning? At the beginning, yes, before I moved to Jocelyn. Very exciting. Well, tell us a little bit about what you've seen here at ADA. How does it feel to be back live in person? A a fantastic feeling. First, to be again with people, see their face expression, not struggling with all those virtual stuff, (laughs) you know, people in front of us. I can see the colors much better. Yes. (laughs) It's true. Is this your first in-person meeting? I did one in-person meeting before that one was in India uh, just a few uh, weeks ago. Just in India. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a nice trip. And uh, originally we thought that the ADA will be virtual like last year. And I was covering the hospital, so was, I didn't know that it will be in, in person because we have the schedule like a year in advance. Mm. And then, you know, I realized that it's in person, which uh, made me very excited. Yeah. yeah. So you found somebody else to cover the hospital? No. No. I, I finished on Friday. <laughs> oh, I good. left earlier. <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, that's great. That's excellent. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you've been hearing here, some of the meetings you've attended, and what's exciting at this meeting. You know, I, as you know, I have deep interest in two things, in technology and in obesity. Mm-hmm. So those are the two. And luckily, there is a lot of advance in both of them. And I think the big advance that we see here in technology is Omnibot 5 mm-hmm. and Freestyle Libri 3. And I cannot wait to find those two combined because that's how I visioned the insulin pump of the future. You know, hybrid closed loop, easy, simple, with a very nice sensor, a smaller sensor, and both together 
And I think there is a huge opportunity for this combination in the future. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about some of your patients' populations' unmet needs and where you think the technology could really help them. You know, the, the rate of technology advance is actually very, very impressive over the last few years. I would like to thank the FDA for being very aggressive in adopting and give exceptional approval for the disruptive technology. Insulin pump is specifically, we know that the way hyperclosed loop and the future closed loop can make big, big difference. You can just imagine the life of people with diabetes, type 1 diabetes, how tough this life. They are living 24-7 with diabetes all the time. You know, how my blood sugar will be, how my dose will be, hypoglycemia, hyperglycemia, complications, appointments here, there. Now to solve all those by giving them a useful tool that take a lot of the guests out of their mind and some of the tough work out of their mind, give them an easy opportunity to see how their blood glucose on their phone and also to see what's going on in their body in a very efficient and a nice way, it is really making big, big difference. And I'm looking also for the international arena. I think this technology for the international arena will be huge. You cannot imagine how the suffering of the families of people with type 1 diabetes, uh, especially in areas where the education is minimal and all this kind of stuff. People can afford to have that technology. You'll be surprised, but they don't have the technology available for that. So I will encourage you know, all those companies that have very good technology to spread to the international area. We are so glad that you were able to stop by. Truly, merci giddan, shukran gazilan. It was a real honor and a real pleasure to have you here. Yeah, congratulations so again with the Omnibot 5. Thank you. And I cannot wait to see a lot of my patients using it. And there is a lot of uh, very positive perception and acceptance and uh, Good luck and shukran gazilan للاستضافه الجميله. Shukran لحضرتك. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you very much. We are among greatness right now. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having a chat with us today. My name is Dina. This is Nancy, and we are from Omnipod. And we wanted to say, firstly, congratulations on your Lifetime Achievement Award. That's a pretty special thing, I imagine, for anybody to have, but particularly in diabetes and in the world that we're in right now. So we wanted to say, firstly, congratulations. Well, thank you. (laughs) So, you know, a Lifetime Achievement Award is a big deal. First of all, can you tell us where it is that you practice currently and what your area of expertise is? So I'm Janet McGill, professor of medicine at Washington University in St. Louis, and I've been taking care of patients with diabetes for more than 30 years. I do almost 100% diabetes, a little bit of general endocrine, but vast majority of my patients have diabetes. Excellent. Excellent. So both type 1 and type 2, yes? Yeah, both type 1, type 2, almost 50-50. Oh, interesting. Wow, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's probably typical for a university health center, but that's excellent. Tell us a little bit about, you know, a Lifetime Achievement Award. Your life is clearly still going, so what else do you hope to uh, achieve achieve in this? (laughs) You know, it takes a village. We are one part of it. 
we really appreciate the advances that we see in medications allow us to personalize care for people with type 2 and and in insulin with type 1 but in particular some of the huge advances recently have been in diabetes technology and these advances have made it possible for patients who have struggled with their glucose control to actually achieve that level of control and do it without fear of hypoglycemia. Yeah, we have come a long way with the technology, that's for sure. Can you tell us more about your journey to this award? This year, I'm the recipient of the Outstanding Physician Clinician in Diabetes. It's an honor because I know how much talent there is, how many talented clinicians, clinical researchers in all areas, in, at universities, in practice, and it's actually an honor to know that ADA wishes to honor clinicians. And I think women as well. That's quite an honor. How did you learn that you had received the award? I'm curious. Is it like an Oscar nomination? Is it like, how does that work? Well, it didn't, you know, the Oscar or Nobel Prize that comes at four in the morning, you know, that that phone call, the four in the morning phone call. No, it came early one afternoon and it was a phone call that um, the ADA representative said, um, you've been awarded the outstanding physician clinician in diabetes for 2022. And, by the way, therefore, you're going to get another 100 emails. And have, <laughs> How is this good? And have lots of different things to do. And I mean, seeing how diabetes management has evolved over the last 30 years that you've been practicing, what are you most excited about in terms of future diabetes development? So, I was asked this question for the ADA video that they are doing. What do I see in the future and what's exciting? So what's exciting is personalized care that involves a combination of things. It may involve some medications for type two. We may layer insulin on top of it. We still have to get the insulin therapy right. We can't be haphazard anymore and throw doses around. And you know, now with continuous glucose monitoring and the availability of automated insulin delivery, we can actually get insulin therapy right Yeah. in type 2. And in type 1 diabetes, it's critical. It's absolutely critical that we get it right. What I see in the future for type 1 diabetes is hands-off therapy. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's the dream. It. Yeah, there's a huge right. need for it. Yeah. Right. Right. You set it. And forget it. You set it, forget it. You may tell it you, you might, you're going to eat or you might not. And it reduces the diabetes distress that um, our patients now have. I mean, just enormous anxiety, frustration, aggravation um, about their glucose is 24-7. Yeah. So what I envision for the future is hands-off diabetes management in type 1 diabetes, and we're getting closer. And the automated insulin delivery systems are a huge step. Super exciting. Before we let you go, 
and it's been wonderful chatting with you. But before we let you go, what advice do you have for young women particularly who are sort of emerging into this new, bigger endocrinology world? What advice do you have for them? So advice to young women in endocrinology is endocrinology is depending on you. Women now comprise over half the specialty. Women are notoriously caring people. The challenge is to stay up to date, to learn about the new, newest therapies that are available, both in the medication space and the technology space, to practice medicine that is optimal for patients and to get it all done while you're trying to uh, raise children. <laughs> right. Conquering the world in yeah. general, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having it all. <laughs> right. Last question for you, and then we'll let you go. It's been really a pleasure. What would you have told yourself 20 years ago, looking back now, what would be the best advice you could have given yourself 20 years ago? Take a deep breath, it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> She's been telling me that all day, yes. so that's perfect. Just breathe. Just breathe. You'll be fine. Just breathe. <laughs> so it's timely that's advice. wonderful advice. Excellent Thank advice. Thank you so much, Thank Dr. Thank you McGill. so Thank much. You. Nice to meet you. Well, next with us here at the Omnipod booth, Dr. Chow, tell us a little bit about yourself and your specialty of care. Sure. So I'm a clinical professor of medicine. My main interest is diabetes, especially how technology can help patients better engage with their testing. So, so I've been privileged to work with our nanoengineers on campus with non-invasive glucose testing. Wow. It's a challenge, yeah. That's really exciting. Ongoing That's really challenge. neat. Yeah. Do you do strictly for like essentially finger sticks, but not invasive, <laughs> as opposed to CGM. Right, right. So it's it's certainly like the holy grail. It's very challenging technically, and uh, there's other challenges involved with that, but it's a worthy effort. Uh, I had a patient who a few years ago said, I wish I could test without so much pain and discomfort, and that got me thinking and on this path to somehow serendipitously meet up with our nanoengineers. And, you know, you can be on the same campus and not know each other exists or wow. has common interests. That's how I, I met the colleagues I work with. And, and another area of interest, which is more recent, is um, working with our design thinker colleagues. So we also have a design lab, which is, you know, design thinking as far as business, right? There's a lot of, let's take the user's perspective. If you could tell us a little bit about what design thinking means, that sure. would be fabulous. Sure, sure. Yeah, happy to. So it's taking kind of the user, in, in this case the patient, and starting with their perspective, right? What are the pain points? What are, what are some of the frustrations? What would you like to see better, more upfront? So that uh, by listening first, you know, the idea is maybe we can incorporate some of the, the, the design of whether it's a device, whether it's a process, right, to maybe decrease or even eliminate some of these, these barriers and pain points. Wow. So Are you saying, sure you're just a physician and not more? <laughs> <laughs> you sound like an engineer and a marketer and oh, an inventor no. and a creator. And a <laughs> no, you're, you're too kind. No, no I'm, <laughs> I'm just somebody who's very curious and um, you know, open to learning new ideas, working with folks outside my usual. You know, Dr. Bob Gabay yesterday said, go to a session that's outside your usual field, right? Usual kind of what you're used to outside your comfort zone. So I think that's part of the fun of, part of the challenge, but also part of the fun of being in academia, but just being a lifelong learner, so. 
it's interesting for you that you said pain points because I think you're talking both figuratively and literally, right? Yeah. So I think that that's a. We use pain points a lot in in a, in a different context, but I think you would oh, be yeah. very specific with both the physical pain and 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 just the. The, the alternative. <laughs> yes, thank you for uh, <laughs> uh, calling out. No, that's good. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, yeah. it's pain, but also it could be kind of emotional, right? Or yeah. just frustration pain, right. but also just the physical pain itself can can lead to the other pain. So, yeah. Yeah. so how have how are you finding um, the the importance of technology and the increase in its role in managing diabetes, both type one and type two. Right, yeah, there can be certainly two sides, right? There's the fact that you can see your trends, right, with say CGM, and with that information, hopefully you get a better picture of where you are, right, versus the, even if you were checking seven times a day, right, it's snap, snapshots, but not necessarily a more integrated picture that you can anticipate or head off, say dangerous lows or really high readings, but, I think on the other hand, sometimes people have data overload, right? Too much information for the patient, for the healthcare provider. And it's like, what do you do with all this information can be a common, you know, voiced kind of question or frustration. Dr. Chow, thank you so much for taking some time oh, and speaking sure. to us. Sure, thank um, you. Everybody tune into Dr. Chow's moderated talk, please. And so nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. And I thank you for your patience. I say patience because I know you're waiting for me to bring up the, the session. But... <laughs> <laughs> But being modest, no, I'm joking. No, no, no. We, we yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, uh, my name is Jeremy Bollier. I'm a nurse practitioner currently at Brigham and Women's Endocrinology, and I'm moving back to Jocelyn Diabetes Center Woo-hoo! in a couple months. I have background in pediatric and adult diabetes, but more so now focusing on adult diabetes. Excellent. And Jeremy, I happen to know you personally, so I'm going to try to tone down my excitement that I'm seeing you here at the 82nd scientific meetings of the ADA. So what I love about you is your passion for diabetes. So tell us all a little bit about how you got into diabetes, because I think it's an interesting story. So I, I didn't pick diabetes. Diabetes found me. So when I was in nursing school, I did a medical mission to the Dominican Republic, like I mentioned and met a woman and her dad who both had type 1. Dad had type 1 because he was in a car accident and actually had a metal pole like go through the windshield into his pancreas, and that's how he ended up developing type 1. And daughter had autoimmune type 1, and they were rationing insulin because they lived in the middle of nowhere in the Dominican Republic, and when I met her, she had just gotten out of the hospital from a DKA admission, and seeing the, the big impact that it had on them and their life was kind of moving, like how... I don't know how profound it was, like, and central to their lives. And then my first job out of nursing school was on a pediatric diabetes floor, and then I just started seeing more and more of that even in America. And then when I moved to, or after I left that job, um, I became the diabetes guy at every job that I had. So, like, it just, (laughs) I was the one that everyone turned to, so I just became my... But I think what makes you different, there's passion and then there's really passion. So I think what makes you different is that... You know, there are some people that I know that are like this. Dina, you're like this, where when people start talking about diabetes and you started quoting studies, you get more and more excited (laughs) and you start hacking faster and faster and faster and faster (laughs) because you're so into it. And that's a passion that I don't think we see often, unfortunately, in medicine. You and I were talking a lot about, you know, what it's like to actually treat people. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, 
maybe instances in which you've seen a patient that things have changed? Oh, yeah. So I think most providers that I meet don't like dealing with diabetes because it's so all-encompassing. And I think that's why it not turns a lot of them off, but maybe like worries them or that they don't feel like they can do it because you literally have to address every aspect of a person's right. life. You can, it's not like just their A1C. Like it's how they exercise, how they eat, how they sleep, how they interact with their friends and family because stress will, like everything is a variable with diabetes. So you have mm-hmm. to address everything. You can't, there's nothing that you can leave off the table. Right. I have a lot of patients I could talk about. There's one that is really close to my heart that when I first met her two or three years ago, she was going through a rough time. Her A1C was like 9.7. She was on multiple meds for type 2. She was on high doses of insulin, short-acting and long-acting, and she was on a bunch of oral medications and just not reaching where she needed to be. Had an allergic reaction to GLP-1, so she couldn't be on mm. that oh, wow. like trademark. Burn to, that class, yeah. yeah. So it was working with her like piece by piece, changing lifestyle and working things around like how she lived her life. And it took us a couple of years, but now her A1, like I saw her last week, her A1C is 6.3. Wow. Um, and it went, but her A1C actually went down during that whole ordeal. She went from 6.7 at my previous visit three months ago to 6.3. Wow. Without, wow. Like, so the stress didn't even do anything to her. She's able to, and it was all about teaching like lifestyle skills and like, how do you manage this stress and getting her on the right medication regimen. She's on like one third of the amount of insulin that she was on before. Wow. We did focus on like weight loss, but she's not on any medications for weight loss. Like she, wow. Cause she can't be, cause right. she's allergic to Right, it. of course, yeah. Um, so it was just figuring out how she lived her life and then working towards making something work for her. Yeah, Jeremy You are president. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I told you he was cool. You did. Thanks so Jeremy much, for Jeremy. president. Thanks so much for Thanks. joining us. <laughs> Bye.